This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Good morning. It's Wednesday, February the 8th, 2023. Welcome to Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown. Let's hit the horns and go. Coming up on the show today, in honor of Black History Month, the Africville Museum in Halifax will be hosting a series of events. Juanita Peters from the museum will tell you all about it. Jim Tokos from the Canadian Council of the Blind discusses this year's White Cane Week, and Alex Smythe continues his coverage of the 2023 Ontario Parasport Games. And one of our new columnists on the show, Emily Shavers, makes her debut. She was at the event on the weekend, so she'll reflect on the Parasport game with the top story of the day. And as it's been so many times over the course of the last few months, let's begin with healthcare. The federal government has presented a new healthcare funding offer that would send $196 billion to the provinces and territories over the next 10 years in exchange for commitments to upgrade healthcare data collection and digital medical records. That's about a $50 billion increase. And breaking that down for you, the, Anada, the annual Canada Health Transfer would get an additional $17 billion over 10 years. There would be $25 billion targeted funding toward family doctors, mental health, surgical backlogs, and health data systems. There will be an immediate one-time $2 billion top-up to this year's Canada Health Transfer to ease current pressure on the health system. Provinces can also get $1.7 billion over five years to increase wages for personal support workers and long-term home care. A separate $2 billion fund will be offered for Indigenous health care needs through an agreement with Indigenous leaders. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says it's clear that more funding was required. Canadians deserve to know that every new dollar being announced today is exactly that, a new dollar that will go towards the improvements in health care that Canadians need. Trudeau laid out his rationale for a better funded system. Because when people are healthy, when people don't have to go into unnecessary debt, when people can get timely access to health care before complications arise, all of it makes our economy stronger. A bit more context for you. Premiers were asking for the federal government to increase funding of the federal health transfer from 22% to 35%. This funding increase offer represents an increase to about 25%. Manitoba Premier Heather Stevenson finds the offer underwhelming. One of the things that we did see today is that there wasn't a lot in the way of new, new, uh, new, new funding uh, that is uh, a part of this package that has been put together by the federal government. And so, um, you know, I think to, to say the least, I think we were a little disappointed at that. Stevenson says the premiers will need more time to assess the offer. We want to ensure that we have the time to go back to our individual uh, areas across the country, our provinces and territories, and make sure that, uh, you know, we see what does that really mean uh, for our areas. Of course, it is more money than it was yesterday, but again, I think a little disappointing in, in, the, in terms of uh, the new money that was there. Ontario Premier Doug Ford seemed a bit more optimistic about the deal. We always welcome new money, and is it going to transform the healthcare system a two percent no it's not but can we deliver health care in a better fashion more efficient way of delivering health care i truly believe we can federal health minister jean-yves duclos will be reaching out to the premiers today to follow up a few economic stories to share with you there's some new survey data on the economic well-being of canadians lisa report has some of those numbers 
58% of respondents to the Leger poll commissioned by the Association for Canadian Studies said their financial situation is about the same as it was a year ago. 9% report their financial situation has improved. Quebecers were the least likely to report their financial situation has worsened, while respondents in British Columbia were most likely to report the same. 1,554 Canadians completed the online survey, which cannot be assigned a margin of error. Lisa Laporte, the Canadian Press. And tomorrow on the show, Aaron Broverman from Forbes Advisor Canada will reflect on some Ipsos survey data about the financial well-being of Canadians. That interview will take place at about 9.45 a.m. Eastern Time. Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem weighed in on interest rate hikes and inflation at an event in Quebec yesterday. With inflation above 6%, we're still a long way from the 2% target. But inflation is turning the corner. Monetary policy is working. Macklem indicated that whatever hikes have taken place will stay in place. You know, the question is really uh, whether we've done enough. Uh, it's not about uh, whether we're considering cutting interest rates. Macklem acknowledged that some prices come down faster than others. We know there are lags in the effects of monetary policy. Uh, we're certainly starting to see the effects, but we know that there's more to come. And we're trying to balance the risks of, of over and under tightening. U.S. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell also reflected on that central bank's battle with inflation. Ed Donahue recaps that speech. The goal is to get inflation down to 2%. We expect you know, significant progress on inflation this year. But Powell told the Economic Club of Washington. The reality is we're going to react to the data. Powell says if more jobs reports like the one last month or inflation data come in way above expectations, they may have to add on even more interest rate hikes. There's been an expectation that it'll, that it'll go away quickly uh, and painlessly, and I, I don't think that's at all guaranteed. The Fed has said it envisions a couple more increases before holding steady on interest rates through the end of the year. Ed Donahue, Washington. And Looking abroad, hundreds of thousands of people took to the streets across France to protest pension reform. And as de la Coutura has that story. French officials saying close to 750,000 people took part in over 200 demonstrations across the nation, marking a third day of strikes meant to protest French President Emmanuel Macron's plan to reform pensions and raise the minimum retirement age from 62 to 64. A number of lawmakers in Parliament, meanwhile, booed the measure as they began debating the bill. Unions are threatening to ratchet things up. Should Macron's government refuse to budge, more strikes are expected. Over the weekend. In Esdalicuatera, ABC News, Paris. That's your look at the news. Let's get to the daily polls. On Tuesday, you were asked at Accessible Media on Twitter, at Accessible Media Inc. on Facebook. Beyond the United States, what country should Canada develop a closer relationship with? 35% of you said England, 35% of you said Australia, 10% of you said India, and 20% of you voted other. But then you did the thing that I don't like. You voted other, but then you didn't write in in the comments section who you voted for. So you know what that means. I'm going to find you. I'm going to go to your house, and I'm going to lick something. I'm not going to tell you what I licked, but I will have licked something in your house. So don't do that. Don't vote other, and then not explain yourself in the comments section, or else Dave Saliva will find you. Today's Daily Poll at Accessible Media on Twitter, at Accessible Media Inc. on Facebook. Are there too many awareness days, weeks, and months to keep track of, yes or no? A simple binary for you as we talk about awareness campaigns, and certainly some are critically and vitally important and, certain, and deserve themselves a full month's worth of consideration. But let me just read you a couple of the awareness months that exist in February. So... Oh, those are weeks. Hold on a second. Got to, got to backtrack here. There's so many things, even this web page is cluttered. So one that I think we can all agree upon, Black History Month. That's great. Fantastic. Did you know it's also Humpback Whale Awareness Month? I didn't know Humpback Whales needed an entire month. It's National Cancer Prevention Month. That's a good thing. It's also American Heart Month. It's Jewish Disability Awareness and Inclusion Month. It's Low Vision Awareness Month. It's National Bird Feeding Month. It's Pet Dental Health Month. It's Dog Training Education Month. It's National Cat Health Month. And it's Adopt a Rescued Rabbit Month. 
I didn't know we needed a whole month to talk about adopting rescued rabbits. I'm not saying these days and months and weeks aren't important. We're going to be talking about White Cane Week a little bit later in the show. We're going to be talking about Macular Degeneration Awareness Month later in the week on the show. I'm not saying they don't have a place, but at a certain point when everything has an Awareness Month and an Awareness Day and an Awareness Week, then nothing has an Awareness Day or an Awareness Month or Awareness Week. It's all just caught up in the wash. There is something that you'll see within Black History Month that is interesting. You will have Freedom Day, Acknowledging Slavery Day, Social Justice Day that all fit into the month of February. That makes sense, right? There's a continuity in how the days fit into the month. Even something like Low Vision Awareness Month, say White Cane Week can be included in that, makes sense. There's a synergy there. But to a certain degree, National Bird Feeding Month, it, it, you don't need 28 different days inside National Bird Feeding Month. That can go be an individual day. Here's my proposal from Dave Brown Consulting. Every day gets to have something serious and something fun. We can have Lung Cancer Day and National Taco Day on the same day. And we can have our bigger months for important things, but then inside that month, you have to make sure you're putting relevant days within. Alex Smythe, I gave quite a long preamble there. I apologize. But what do you think about my daily poll question? You know, I, I, I like your proposal of uh, having a serious and a silly one. I would just say, you know, get rid of all the silly ones. Is it actually doing anything for people? I mean, like National Taco Day probably is like one of the most popular ones. But I mean, like there's there's going to be Pizza Day, Peanut Butter Day, you know, Rescue or Rabbit Day. I, I would say just keep the awareness months, days, weeks, keep it to ones that are celebrating or highlighting, you know, marginalized groups of people. That's, that would be my, my approach. So you have Black History Month. You have International Day of Persons with a Disability. You have Pride Month. You have uh, International uh, Day for uh, Women. Like, you, you have these ones that are really important that there's actually going to be some action to, not just, oh, it's, you know, it's uh, Pie Day. Okay, well, I'm going to get a pizza. Like, there's no actual action or or uh, value really added to it. It just uh, kind of goes back into, oh, this is funny, move on. You know, that there can actually be some sort of message, some sort of meaning, some sort of action behind naming a day, a week, a month uh, as an awareness campaign. Um, February, it, it, February 4th, and I can't believe we missed this one, Alex, National Mail Carrier Day. How did we forget well, National there we Mail, go. Mail Carrier Day? I, I mean that that's such a, a a shame Dave you know it's a, they they need their day we, we need to break it down by every single uh, profession now as well you know, it, it's who's coming up with these the, this is the one I, I really want to know because do they think it's working? I don't think it's working. I, I think the only time these types of days and stuff get mentioned are on shows like ours where we're talking about just how ridiculous they all are or the morning shows where it's like oh, it's a little hokey fun day, you know? It's uh, Outside of the main holidays, I, I think it's it's gotten too much. Like, I can't keep track of them. The only way I will reference them is if we need something for the roundtable discussion and uh, at the end of the show or later in the show, you know, it's it's a great way to fill content that way. But Alex, otherwise, are yeah, you saying know. we don't need World Hippopotamus Day on February 15th? I mean, are you saying are... that you hate hippopotami? I love hippos. I, I've had the opportunity uh, working with ATW to be able to go to the Toronto Zoo and actually feed a, a hippo. That was phenomenal. But what are we doing on the hippo World Hippopotamus Day, Dave? That's the question. Are we actually doing anything? Or is it just one that doesn't even make the calendar? If it doesn't even make the calendar, I mean, is it really doing anything? February 17th, World Polar Bear Day. We should mark that one down as well. We'll go for a polar bear dip on February 27th to mark that one. We'll get to a nice and cold in Lake Ontario. Do you know what today is, Alex, in terms of, like, the big notable awareness day? Uh, not for the specific day, Dave. I've, I've clearly missed that one. I know it's... Uh... Uh, there, there's the different weeks and the months, but I don't know what today is. So today is Safer Internet Day, and that's actually one that I can get right. behind. I wish the internet was a bit of a safer place. Alex, 
Don't go too far because after the break, you'll be coming back to uh, share some uh, one of your interviews from the Ontario Parasport game. You'll also be back in just a moment or two to share the national weather update. But while Alex collects those notes, I want to remind you that you can vote on the poll at Accessible Media Inc. on Facebook, at Accessible Media on Twitter. You can chime in via email, feedback at ami.ca, feedback at ami.ca, or you can always give a phone call, one 866 509 4545. That's 1 866 509 4545. As mentioned, Alex is standing by with the national weather updates. Here is your AMI national weather report from Environment Canada. We're going to start off in St. John's, Newfoundland, where there's snow throughout the day with a possibility of freezing rain late this afternoon. There's up to 10 centimeters expected and wind gusts up to 50 kilometers per hour. The high is zero degrees. In Halifax, Nova Scotia, it's cloudy with a chance of snow or rain today. The highest three feeling like minus 11. In Montreal, Quebec, it's mainly cloudy with a high of three degrees. In Ottawa, Ontario, it's mainly cloudy with a chance of snow and it's also a high of three degrees there. In Toronto, Ontario, it's a mix of sun and clouds with a chance of snow this morning, but then clearing up as the day goes on, and the high is 7 degrees. In Thunder Bay, Ontario, it's mainly sunny. The high is 1 degrees, but it's feeling closer to minus 14 with that wind chill. In Winnipeg, Manitoba, it's mainly cloudy with a chance of snow, and the high is minus 1, feeling like minus 9. In Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, there's snow and possible freezing rain this morning, but then it's clearing up in the afternoon. There's up to four centimeters expected, with the high being minus two, but feeling like minus 12. In Calgary, Alberta, there's light snow this morning, then clearing up in the afternoon. There's also wind gusts up to 50 kilometers per hour, and the high is four degrees, feeling like minus six. In Edmonton, Alberta, there's light snow this morning, and then clearing up in the afternoon as well, the highest two degrees feeling like minus six. Up in Yellowknife, Northwest Territories, it's a sunny day, but it's very cold. The high is minus 18 and feeling like minus 32 with that wind chill. Over to Vancouver, BC, it's uh, not a bad day today. There's no rain in the forecast. It's a mix of sunny clouds and a high of six degrees. And then finally over to Victoria, where it is mainly sunny and a high of 8 degrees. That's our AMI National Weather Report from Environment Canada. Thank you very much, Alex. Coming up, coming up after the break, you'll hear another interview from the 2023 Ontario Parasport Games. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. The 2023 Ontario Parasport Games took place across the Durham region of the Greater Toronto Area on the weekend. Alex Smythe was at the Ability Centre in Whitby, Ontario and interviewed several folks from the Games. Alex, what do you have lined up today in terms of an interview? Yeah, so today we uh, spoke with the other co-chair of the Durham Region 2023 Ontario Parasport Games, to get the full title out there, uh, uh, Micah Frogley, who uh, we had spoken with uh, Don Terry live on Friday. This is uh, uh, Mike, who is the other co-chair, who had a lot to say just about the impact and the power of these Ontario Parasport Games. So, Mike, let's get started. Uh, what can folks expect from the Ontario Parasport Games taking place this weekend? That's a great question. I, I think what people can expect from the games, there's going to be a couple things that they're going to see that are really going to stand out. I think the first thing they're going to see is they're going to see a tremendous amount of passion from the athletes. They get a chance to see people doing something they love to do. And I, I think that's important for us because it really reminds us to look for those same things in our life. I think the, the second thing that people are going to see, they're going to see perseverance. Uh, they're going to know of the perseverance that is underlying the stories behind every one of these athletes. 
but they're going to see the perseverance that happens as there are those moments when you maybe don't have the best performance. You don't, you're not quite as fast. You miss a shot, you know, those types of things. But you're going to see the athletes get up and keep going. And I think that's another lesson for us is to always learn how to persevere. It's everybody's going to get knocked down. The challenge is do you get up? And that's what we're going to see this weekend. And then the last thing, and I always talk about this with people around sport, sport is a language we all speak. And we'll, we're going to get to share in that community because we all understand the language of sport. And we'll see that this weekend. Now, you wear many hats, not only for the uh, uh, Parasport Games, but also uh, local clubs and other organizations. Can you talk a bit about your involvement with wheelchair basketball and how that's evolved over the years? So I've been very fortunate. I started playing many years ago, back in the spring of 1988. I had an opportunity to have a career as an athlete, as an assistant coach, as a head coach. Uh, I got a chance to work on our development program. And so I've had lots and lots of opportunities to really help give back to the sport and grow the sport because the, the sport has done so much for me. And, uh, and I'm just, now I'm at that point where I want to share that and that's why I'm involved with the games here is share the experiences I've had so that others can go down that, that path and that kind of journey as well. From a coaching perspective, how do the games like the Ontario Parasport game, how does it serve to not only give opportunity to the players but maybe also give an opportunity to scout some potential players who may be able to go on a path to uh, a greater, more national profile? So that's a great question about the, one of the roles the games play. It's, it's one of the multi-sport events that's on the pathway for athletes. And, and we've got examples of athletes that have played in the Ontario Parasport Games, went on to play in national games, went on to play in the Olympics and, or the Paralympics and, and represent Canada. And so what you get a chance to see for the fans that are coming is you get a chance to see some potential future Paralympians. For some athletes, this will be the peak of their career, that's okay too. Uh, and yeah, there'll absolutely be opportunities for, for coaches to, to see different athletes uh, and to see how athletes are developing and see if it's time for them to take that next step or how do they work with them in their current space in the sport and maximize their potential there. So you're absolutely gonna see that type of thing, but uh, from a fan standpoint, you get a chance to be able to see somebody who is you know, potentially a future Paralympian down the road. Not to put any pressure on the kids. <laughs> of course not. You, you wouldn't want any undue pressure on. Uh, now, you're also involved with Own the Podium. And so how does like the Parasport Games work when bringing all these different sport organizations together? And, and do you use these uh, games as opportunities to really kind of find out what the different provincial sport organizations are doing and how they can work to help better the sport on a more national level? So Own the Podium really works at the high performance level in the sport and the, the PSOs, the provincial sport organizations that are working with these athletes and then the clubs, that's at the developing side and it's an absolutely critical that, um, that the partners at that level work together and the partners ex include a lot of different individuals. They certainly include the provincial sport organization, they in include the clubs, uh, they include parents. You know, they include all the volunteers that come together because it's everybody coming together, working together to make this experience optimal so the athletes can really shine and show everything that they've done. And, uh, and that's one of the things that's been a really incredible part of this experience for me uh, as a, as a co-chair is seeing how the community here in the Durham region has really come together and how important they are as a sport partner. And what's going to be tremendous is, is there going to be other, other communities that are going to want to bid for these games to host them? And it's important for them to understand this is a critical, critical role that communities play in the development of our athletes, the growth of our people in Canada. And so we really encourage them to, to, to continue to look for opportunities to do these kinds of things. Well, and the thing is, too, like when there's other communities that want to look to host these games going forward, they can look at the Durham region as an example of the level of accessibility and, and the work that's been done because we're, we're here in the Ability Centre. It's a phenomenal accessible facility. Next door is the Iroquois Park uh, Arena, which has a 
accessible uh, hockey rink for, for para ice hockey. And all these different venues have really put that work in. So I, do you see this as an opportunity to showcase to other communities, okay, this is what happens when you grow the accessibility of your facilities, of your spaces, that you can provide opportunity for those with disabilities. Yeah, it's absolutely a great example of how we can make a community physically accessible, but attitudinally accessible as well, and begin to really look at, at all the individuals that have different types of function and seeing how can we better include them and involve them because they have value. There's something they bring to our community. And on an even larger level, it's an example of how we can go about including anybody, beginning to look at people of all sorts of different, different backgrounds, uh, differences, and see how do we include them and enrich our society as a result. Because that's one of the things that's gonna come out of this. People are gonna see the athletes and they're going to start to think differently after seeing them. They're going to, instead of thinking of a person who can't walk upstairs or can't jump, can't run, they're going to start thinking of things like, wow, did you see that person hit that shot? Man, did you see how fast they were? And they're going to start talking about the things that they can do. That's how we want to look at all individuals. We talk a lot right now in Canada about being an inclusive country. This games and how it's unfolding in the community is an example of how we can go about including people in Canada. You clearly are passionate about what you do and about being a voice within this community. What are you most looking forward to? What are you most excited about with this weekend? It's been a long time coming together. What is it that stands out to you now that the weekend is here? There are going to be moments during the games and they're going to happen in the field of play and outside the field of play. When individuals, athletes most for the most part, are gonna be doing something that is challenging for them. And there'll be a moment where that athlete does that thing at, at, a, at the highest level they've ever done. And, and you'll be able to look and see in, in the body language, and almost like a, a, a light or a sparkle in their eye. And it's a moment where they're like, wow, I did that. And right behind that moment is a question they begin to ask themselves. I wonder what else I can do great. Those are the moments that I'm going to be looking for. Those are the moments I'm going to savor this weekend. Mike, that was phenomenal. I'm giving you the last word. What else should people know about the, the games this weekend and why should they tune in? What else should people know about this weekend? I guess what I would say is I would ask each person as they come and watch the games this weekend, what is your passion and how can you persevere to pursue your passion? Mike, thank you so much. This has been great. I, I can't wait to check out some of the games and, and follow along with all these young, budding athletes and see where their journey takes them. Awesome. Looking forward to seeing everybody here. That's Mike Frogley. Mike is the co-chair of the Durham Region Ontario Parasport Games. Alex, you've got another interview to share on the show tomorrow. Who's up next? Uh, yeah, so the, the final interview in our, our series from the Ontario Sport Game, we're going to be chatting with para ice hockey player Matt Miller, who was attending his first uh, Ontario Parasport Game. So uh, we kind of touch, uh, uh, touch base with him. He, uh, we chatted with him after his first game, and then he had a whole other slate of games set for that weekend. Very good. That's tomorrow on the show, right around this time. That's Alex Smythe. To learn more about the games, you can visit durhamregion2023.ca, durhamregion2023.ca. Coming up next, Anupala will chat about the importance of organ donation. But first, here is Canadian press reporter Karen Rebo with your Morning Business Minutes. Canada's main stock index saw a near triple-digit gain in trading yesterday, due in part to a strong performance in the energy sector. Toronto's TSX index added 96 points to 20,725. New York's Dow Jones average gained 265 points, and the Nasdaq surged 226 points. In Tokyo this morning, the Nikkei index lost 79 points, and our dollar is trading overseas this morning at 74.82 cents U.S. The Bank of Canada will release a summary of its 
its deliberations on the latest interest rate hike later today. It'll be the first time our central bank is giving Canadians a peek behind the curtain into its decision-making process. Last year, the bank announced it would start publishing these summaries about two weeks after its interest rate decisions in an effort to improve transparency. The central bank has aggressively hiked interest rates eight times since last March, bringing its key rate from a quarter percent to 4.5 percent in a bid to combat skyrocketing inflation. From the Canadian Press Business Desk, I'm Karen Rebo. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. There are plenty of ways that you can give back to your fellow humans. You might typically think of donations as purely a matter of money or time. But what about your body parts? What about your organs? Anu Paula is the founder of Anu Vision, and Anu has some thoughts on organ donation. Hey, good morning, Anu. Good morning. So what got you thinking about this subject? Well, Dave, last week I saw a really inspiring story on the news about a woman, I believe it was in Saskatoon, who was on the hunt for a kidney donation. And what she did was um, on her bright red car, she um, got a, a sign made and she actively was out there seeking a, an organ donation, a kidney donation, and as a result found a, a match. And just that story really touched my core. And just showed the the length that people would can go to to save a person's life and mm. just that story the way it was um, depicted really touched me which made me think about um philanthropy advocacy uh and i thought this would be a perfect story to share on this month's segment since it's heart month as well so what's some of the background here what is some of the important data when it comes to organ donation well over 4,000 Canadians wait for an organ donation each year, which is quite a bit. I was quite um, startled by that number. Um, according to public polls, more than 90% of Canadians support organ donation, but get this, only 32% of Canadians have actually registered to become an organ donor. Oh gosh. So. Um, and, and then uh, last year, a, a total of 2,782 org organ transplants were done, which is lovely. It's fantastic. And 78% um, of organs were used, utilized by deceased individuals. And so, like, there are, um, I forgot the number, like, you know, for the ones that for live um, uh, humans, uh, you know, people, but um, people, like this story we, um, I'm talking about last week, a uh, person who is still living uh, was willing to donate uh, an organ. I know you mentioned the disparity between people who would be interested in donating organs versus those who are actively signed up to be organ donors. Now, this can vary from province to province, but how would somebody go about becoming an organ donor? So an individual can go to Canadian Blood Services website, and there is a link there to become uh, an organ donor. Uh, you can choose which province you are from, um, so it's very easy, and it only takes two minutes. So it's all there, and I think that is that just takes the the cumbersomeness out of going through the process. It's very very easy. Um, so it, that's what you do. You just go to the Canadian Blood Services website, and what I will do, uh, Dave, is I will share some links. Uh, which you can share on the show blog afterwards so our viewers can uh, go and check out that information. AMI.ca slash now, AMI.ca slash now. You may as well book that mark, bookmark that one uh, <laughs> right now. I knew there are some provinces, uh, we talked about this with the person who's coming up next on the show, Melina Kazanavish, who's one of our community reporters. Some provinces like Nova Scotia have moved towards a model where you actively have to opt out of organ don donation mm -hmm. rather than putting the onus on you to opt in. What do you make of a policy like that? Well, I have mixed feelings about that. I am pro-organ donation. But, you know, as I was planning this segment, I was speaking to my husband about it. And he talked about the psychological impact that organ donation can have not only on 
the donor, but it could also have psychological impacts on the family as well as the recipient. So I don't know if I'm exactly, you know, in favor of that, um, where, you know, you have no choice, um, because some people may not know that they've been opted in to donate. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, their organs have been donated, but that may not have been the individual or the family's wish. Yeah, to me, there should be something that anytime you have a point of contact with, say, renewing your health card, there should just be a question on that questionnaire that says yes or no. Do you want to do this right? Like, you shouldn't need to go to Canadian Blood Services website to find out policies and procedures. Every time yeah. you're in contact with Service Nova Scotia or Service Ontario or Service BC, there should sort of be either a, a quick one-liner on the documentation or it should be part of the mandatory questions that you're asked and boom, boom, there you go. Okay. And and that way people can still opt into this, but the process isn't onerous to opt in. It becomes very easy to opt in. That That's kind of where, that's kind of where I land on these things. Uh, I know you I, mentioned that February is heart month. Uh, what does a month like this and the conversation that you and I are having about organ donation say about the importance of keeping our organs healthy? And just FYI, I might not be a practice of what I preach or here as someone heard a couple beers last night. No judgment. <laughs> um, well, I think, first of all, it raises the issue about heart health and just health in general. Um, it also helps to begin the conversations around uh, just health and wellness. And I also want to mention just in general about organ donation as well. Like I'm hoping that this segment will uh, stimulate a conversation among uh, our, us and our circles about this topic, because I think it's something we don't really talk about. Um, but in terms of um, healthy heart, um, we all know that exercise is really important and um, healthy nutrition is also really important. We hear that all the time and we know about the, the benefits of that. But I also wanted to plug in a couple of additional things that I think really contribute to heart health. And that is my, practicing mindfulness. Um, and there's a really great app called Calm, which I highly recommend to people. It has all types of little um uh, meditations and, and activities it takes you through to make you calm down and and um, and just like like pay attention to different aspects of your life and then of course the most important thing is laughter they say laughter is the key medicine to everything so remember to laugh every day okay so on that note let me tell you a joke on our way out of here what do you call an alligator in a vest a alligator I don't know an investigator Ah. Anu, thank you for the laugh. I appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. <laughs> That's Anu Paula, the founder of Anu Vision Coaching and Consulting. Coming up after the break, community reporter Melina Kazanavashis will preview some events happening in Nova Scotia for African Heritage Month. But first, the Bing search engine is getting a facelift. Mike Dubusky tells you how in Tech Trends. Microsoft now says its search engine will use the same artificial intelligence technology that underpins the advanced chatbot ChatGPT. So Bing is sort of the, the also-ran behind Google. Semaphore technology editor Reed Albergati. I think what Microsoft's hoping, I mean, obviously what they're hoping is that if they spice it up with some of this new AI, that people might, might actually come over. Traditional search results still appear on the left, but on the right, there's now a place where you can talk to an AI. Microsoft says as it can handle requests that normal search engines struggle with, like, will this piece of furniture fit in my car? Or create an itinerary for a trip to Mexico. Albergati says the AI can provide clear answers, but not always accurate ones. There's been a ton of stuff, people posting things on Twitter, screenshots of their chat GPT conversations where it says just completely nonsense. With Tech Trends, I'm Mike Dubusky, ABC News. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. February is African Heritage Month in Nova Scotia. Here to tell you more about it is community reporter Milena Kazanavishis in Halifax. Hey, good morning, Milena. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm well. So, Milena, what's the theme of this year's Heritage Month? Uh, the theme of this year is uh, Seas of Struggle. 
And basically what it means, it, there's quite a long explanation that goes with it, but it's it's to remember, acknowledge, and, and get educated about um, how our African and Black Nova Scotians from West Africa, um, Jamaica's Caribbean, have you know traveled the Atlantic Ocean to Nova Scotia uh, on their own or uh, under enslavement, as our not very pleasant history is in this province, um, and their survival, and you know how how these wonderful, beautiful, um, intelligent people have built up this province, and uh, it's long overdue that we should be we should have been celebrating all this a very long time ago. So, with that being said, um, all the way the, from the Atlantic Ocean, um, there's many, many an, um, a cultural affair and event this entire February, right, going right to the end. Um, including uh, quite a few youth uh, programs so making buttons and um there's something in the listing and i'll, I'll holler out the the website in just a minute um on making caribbean um fish cakes and if you've ever had a caribbean fish cakes oh dave <laughs> i i have i have yet to i've yet to enjoy one uh Milena, in the past what are some of the events that you've thought were most notable from your experiences going to african heritage history month events um, well, there's there's a this year there seems to be quite a few movie and documentary showings, um, you know, uh, cultural events, uh, music events. Generally, I'm taking in the, the the music events, you know, some Congo drums and and uh, all of that kind of anything that gets me out and moving and you know shaking and and, and dancing uh, items such as that. I will say accessibility is lacking a little bit, but I think. The, the more, and this is why I put this up, is because one, we need to be educated, um, you know, and, and understand the culture. And second, I think the more that we get out, the more we can get accessibility all across the board, no matter where we are as Canadians, whether African or Black or Indigenous, um, you know, and so get out there, grab a partner and, uh, and take in some of the events. And a lot of the events you can find at African heritage 2023 halifax.ca this is the um the um municipal website it is accessible there isn't a link for accessibility so I, I haven't checked it out also african nova scotian affairs website and there's a link for that as well and there's a full listing of everything that is going on and please please get out there take it in it's february most of it if not all of it is free how could you ask for more yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, Milena, let's move on to some events happening around the CNIB. The CNIB in Nova Scotia is going to be hosting a couple of different upbeat events for members to enjoy. The first <laughs> being CNI Beats, Music for Relaxation. What's going to be happening for participants at this program? All right, and I mentioned this last month, so here we are. Um, surprise, surprise. CNI Beats is happening tonight. To my understanding, it will be happening monthly. Um, so six o'clock till seven thirty at the at the local uh, um, office on Almond Street. Everybody here knows where that is, and uh, it's going to be uh, music therapy. So I believe it's going to be uh, relaxing music, um, getting your body to breathe, relax, all that kind of stuff. Sounds almost very meditative to me. If I make it to the end of the day, I will be in attendance because I need to. <laughs> relaxation and and just you know finding um your breath with with the music that will be played there um the the uh, musician's name is yasmin and uh, forgive me i forget her name um but that's happening tonight six o'clock till seven thirty, free at the almond um street local office well there you, you go you want to bring up the next one yeah mark your mark your calendars for that one yeah. for sure tonight wow we're we're really in the now in this moment milena the other program they're hosting is called swords and canes who is this program geared towards all right this is for all you D D big wild fans so uh fully accessible D D swords and canes on february 21 that's tuesday from 6 to 10. Bit of a long haul, if you ask me, but Milena, I've got to, I, Milena, I've got to interrupt you. D and D doesn't yeah. mean anything to people. Dungeons and Dragons for oh, those. Oh, Dungeons who and Dragons. Know. Sorry, <laughs> but well, you know, I I was at the Seeing Eye over Christmas, and there was twenty people that knew all about D and D. But nice, I forgive nice. me. Okay, so Swords and Canes, um, it will be accessible. There will be a dungeon leader, um, and th this entire game 
will be read aloud and you get to do role play, you know, the dramatic, the, uh, all the flair. I, I believe there will be a board game um, and it will be carried on month to month. So February 21 from 6 to 10, again, at the local office, Almond Street, come in person. Contact Kaylin Lloyd, that's C-A-E-L-I-N dot L-L-O-Y-D at cnib.ca or give them a call at 902-403-6982 and come on and have some fun. Again, free, free, free. So, Melena, after the relaxing music, after playing a rowdy game of Dungeons & Dragons, you might be hungry. So, foodies are going to have a chance to indulge in the Big Poutine Fest, which is going on right now. So, what are the organizers supporting here? Because this, is, this isn't just, you know, eat some gravy, cheese curds, and french fries. There's a little bit more to this. All right, listen, I, I've decided, Dave, uh, Halifax is eating their way to a heart attack, I think, to support organizations <laughs> from our burger week to our taco week. And now, I, I don't know how long this has been going. I found it accidentally, quite honestly. So Poutine Week, and apparently it's running across the country. So you don't have to be in Nova Scotia. Check your local uh, Poutine, La Poutine Festival, it's called, coming out of Quebec. But in, in Halifax here, we have over 30 restaurants uh, participating. This is all in support uh, for uh, youth programs and for the youth that are uh, living under adversity. And I, one of my biggest um, um, items that I like to support, anything for the youth, because I believe they are the leaders of, to, of uh, tomorrow. So halifax.bigbrothersbigsisters.ca, full listing of all the restaurants that are making poutine. And look, if macaroni and cheese on top of cheese and uh, gravy and, and fries is your thing or a full Thanksgiving dinner is your thing on top of your poutine or lobster with lobster bisque or duck fragois, get out there, buy it. Money goes to donate to the big brothers and sisters or local organizations here. Please wear your sneakers and go exercise afterwards. <laughs> I, uh, I do agree with you that children are the future unless we stop them now. <laughs> Milena, you mentioned some of those combinations that may mm -hmm. get unveiled here. Who are some of the participating local restaurants? So we have um, uh, quite a few in, in, uh, over in, in Dartmouth, so across the bridge. Um, uh, you, you'll have to look it up. And then where, where I am lo closely located to uh, the Agricola Brasserie, we have... Uh, um, Liz's uh, Bistro by Liz. We have Freeman's. Everybody knows Freeman's. All three locations of Freeman's. We've got Curds. Obviously, Curds is, is the big poutine uh, spot uh, vendor. Um, and they've got three locations as well. Downtown, Bedford, uh, again, Halifax. And it's also happening in the Valley. And there are listings. Once you get onto that bigbrothersbigsisters.ca website, uh, click on valley listings that's what it will say and it's accessible you can read it it, it describes the poutine the price and um and there's prizes to be won so you've uh, tickled my taste buds here milena obviously the standard poutine and as a proud quebecer i'm a purist poutine is meant to be consumed <laughs> as french fries gravy and cheese curds but i am someone who for the sake of a good cause will get a little bit experimental so i'm going to toss a couple experimental poutines at you and you tell me yay or nay do you understand the game I understand, but can I give you a caveat to begin with? Sure. I think poutine in general to me is something that comes up in the morning after a long party night. Okay. I, <laughs> Not I'm, my thing, I'm, but, but go ahead, I'm, throw it at I, me. I, I, okay, fair enough. Fair. All right, well, the, I think there's going to be a lot of nays here. That's fine. But, but you throw, uh, listen, I'm willing to try. <laughs> okay, so poutine, standard poutine with some hot dogs in it. Cut up hot dogs. Definitely not. Uh, poutine with some pulled pork in it. Yeah, I'd do that. Poutine with some smoked meat in it. No. Although P I love smoked meat. <laughs> poutine with some olives and pickles chopped up in it. Oh, my favorite things. Uh, I, I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> poutine with little fried chicken bites, like popcorn chicken bites in it. Yeah, that seems that would go. Sure. And one more vegetarian-friendly option here, because I feel like I've left the vegetarians out. Poutine, but instead of French fries, onion rings. Hard no. Although there is one, oh my goodness, and the restaurant fails me now, but there is one with um, chorizo-made fries. So the chorizo is, you know, Mexican dessert with chocolate and banana. And basically it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, 
with ice cream and your poutine that way. So I do that. Ch chorizo is sausage. No, uh, not sausage. What am I thinking? You're them? thinking. You're thinking about the the baked the baked good. Uh, uh, churros. Yeah, churros. Churros. Thank you. <laughs> Boom. Got so it. I'm red for the it. audience out there. Now you got me. Well, can I? Well, can, we got to fact check you on the important things, Milena. Thank you. Thank you, M Milena. Thank you for this. Have a great day. Enjoy this poutine, or don't enjoy the poutine, but get those walks in nonetheless. Get those steps in. All right. And happy Valentine's. Thank you very much. Happy Valentine's right. Day to you, too. Thanks. That's Melinda Kazanavishus, community reporter in Halifax, Nova Scotia. The Big Poutine Fest runs until February the 15th. BigPoutineFest.ca, BigPoutineFest.ca. And for all those email addresses and phone numbers and important pieces of information, AMI.ca slash now, AMI.ca slash now is where you can find those links, phone numbers, etc. Let's wrap up the hour with a couple of news stories. U.S. President Joe Biden gave his State of the Union address last night. Biden announced new rules for federal infrastructure projects that favor American industry. Tonight I'm announcing new standards require all construction materials used in federal infrastructure projects to be made in America. <laughs> That protectionist policy is a concern for Canadian companies who supply goods to U.S. contractors. Elsewhere in the speech, Biden proposed higher taxes for the rich. Biden says billionaires cannot get away with not paying taxes. You know, there's a thousand billionaires in America. It's up from about 600 in the beginning of the term. But no billionaire should be paying a lower tax rate than a school teacher or firefighter. Kind of relishing there, kind of that rock star moment, dropping the I mean it's a few times there from the president. The, the Biden administration estimates a minimum tax on billionaires would generate $360 billion over the next 10 years. Remember, there's always an opportunity for you to get in touch with the show. It's not just me sharing opinions. Your opinions matter too, whether it's the Daily Poll, which you can find at Accessible Media on Twitter, at Accessible Media Inc. on Facebook, whether it's tracking the show down elsewhere on social media, at Accessible Media on TikTok, at Accessible Media Inc. on Instagram. You can chime in via DMs or reply to posts on those on those platforms, you can also send emails, feedback at ami.ca, feedback at ami.ca, or you can pick up the phone and give the network a call. 1-866-509-4545. That's 1-866-509-4545. If you do go that route, you're leaving a voicemail. Give us permission to play it on the air. That's what we'll do. The other thing I ask of you, if you are leaving a voicemail, you know, there's lots of shows on this network, maybe identify who the voicemail's for and what we talked about. A little bit of context never hurts. That way it gets to us a little bit faster. 1-866-509-4545. Coming up after the break, LeBron James broke the NBA's all-time scoring record last night. Brock Richardson will talk about that in the sports chat. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.